As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hello to you all and welcome to the 61st edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Michael Bailey. I hope this finds you all safe and well. On the way, a swan song for City's serene progress. What have you done with the goals? And a Valentine's text. 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 I mean, that could have gone horribly wrong, but we'll move on. Uh, we will work <laughs> through all this and more with our guests this evening. Norwich number one chief at NCFC numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hello, Michael. And our Scottish maestro commentator and journalist, Stuart the Hodge. Hodge. The Hodge. I'll take that. Hodgey the hack. That'd be me. <laughs> There he is. Uh, Before we crack on, let me tell you all right now that you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price. Enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as me, plus ad-free versions of all our podcasts, all for less than £1 per week. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod to sign up and enjoy The Athletic throughout 2021. That's theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. Thanks for joining us, guys. As always, much appreciated. How are we, Steve? How are you? I'm doing okay. Yes, um, so slightly under the weather, as I was saying to you before, and slightly down still about Friday. But as always, delighted to be on. So I promise I won't moan too much and I won't bring the mood down. Um, how, how are you, anyway? Powering through. Uh, I'm good. Thank you very much for asking. How lovely of you. I did the uh, Totally Football League show uh, earlier today. So this is my po- second podcast in the day. Um, then I got a bit lost in a world of Emmy, which I suspect we'll talk about. Uh, you can listen to the Totally Football League show with Sam Parkin and the other guys. It was great. So you probably listened to it already, I should imagine. And then I, I got, I've got to admit, my preparations for this podcast have been a bit like Norwich's preparations for Swansea. I've kind of run out of time. <laughs> so um, uh, hopefully this goes uh, slightly better. That, that's my only, my only hope, really. Uh, Stu, how are you? Hi, not too bad. I'm uh, the weekend. I was commentating on the the team that I now expect to win the title, Brentford, oh. as they absolutely destroyed Middlesbrough. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, having watched a Norwich team just struggle to score, create, get shots on target, I then watched Brentford go up against the Middlesbrough team that put the clamps on us and absolutely destroyed them. Man, yeah. uh, it, it was quite ominous. 
performance to be honest i think i think they're now seven years unbeaten aren't they uh, which is pretty good going um i did uh, we at the start of the to- nice segue this at the start of the totally football league show um we had to give um our uh, nomination for the best performance in the efl this weekend um and we got 15 seconds adrian clark i think got asked first and he had it all scripted and wrote it out and brilliantly and i was going Oh, no, I've not I've not scripted anything. So and like you know, I've been doing this sort of stuff for a while, podcasts and what have you. So so they came to me and I was like, I started off this story and then the buzzer went off and I basically didn't get anywhere through it. And I was like, was that 15 seconds? Mental. But um it doesn't, doesn't sound like me at all, does it? I, I was like, this is why this podcast goes on for f- three hours. But um <laughs> Uh, my story is that I was traveling back from Swansea in the car Saturday afternoon. It was still going. I think it was half time by the time I got home. Millwall, uh, Middlesbrough, one nil up after a few minutes. I was so, the first time all for about 24 hours, I was like, oh, you know, hello, this is good. And then, of course, it just all came crashing down <laughs> for the rest of the Saturday afternoon as, uh, as Brentford put in what was my nomination for the performance of the weekend in the AFL, which I think was... And it was quite something. Um, the goalkeeper was outstanding and going forward, they just looked devastating. Excellent. I reckon we're going to get touched in, uh, into that now, shall we, as we crack on with this week's headline act. Now, it was billed as the big one, uh, at least so far this season after a goalless draw at Millwall on the Tuesday night of course it was hoped Norwich could raise their level when they needed to Swansea on Friday night Uh, sadly a 2-0 defeat followed and then uh, the weekend ended with Norwich knowing they would sit third if Swansea and Brentford win their games in hand which seems like a remarkable turnaround in position Steve to where we were a few weeks ago Um, so how panicked are you uh, a little, I think. I think, but only given, I think, as you as you've said, the the turnaround that has happened. I think we all sort of sat. We were sat here a few weeks ago, thinking, well, they they can't possibly be stopped. I think perhaps we underestimated the gap um, that there was, and actually how quickly that can be eroded. Um, I, the other reason I'm slightly worried um, is, you know, we've. I think we've given Brentford enough praise already. Uh, we're only about five minutes in, but they are seemingly an unstoppable juggernaut I, I don't see them not finishing in the top two so that leaves us in Swansea that that's kind of the way I see it and Swansea were quite a bit better than us I felt on Friday now they're yeah. obviously in a, in a really good moment uh we're not in such good form so it, you know that will that will tilt that will change between now and the end of the season but I did feel that they look like a really well-organised team who are going to be very difficult for anyone to break down, you know, the way things are going. And they look like they had enough firepower, you know, to, to do enough at the other end. I'm sure we'll talk about Horahan and, you know, he looks a fantastic player. So it's now, to me, I think, I'm, I'm not so worried about us getting back to the level that we can get to, although that is going to be an ask. I, I also now think we've got two really formidable looking opponents who we're going to have to finish ahead of and we're going to have to pick up a lot of points like we did last time that's a great point I think that that's the thing I probably didn't quite get across after the game well enough because um you know I ended up getting a a bit stuck in what Norwich need to do and how to find their rhythm and and in actual fact it was it was the, the alteration in momentum. And I sort of mentioned how, oh, it's a bit boring if Norwich get promoted. No one really wants that. And it'd be much more exciting if something else happens in terms of externally. But it is, I think, what I mean really is there's a freshness. You know, Brentford went very close last year and they, they look better. They, what they do with their strikers is remarkable. 
I said in my commentary, they've lost 43 goals in the sales of Ollie Watkins inside Ben Rama alone. So to be as rampant going forward as they are with that considered is is remarkable. And Neil Mopai the season before that. So they keep yeah. finding them, turning them over, selling them for huge money and bringing others in for cheaper. I think they've still got more money than Norwich to begin with, but that's still kind of the point. And Swansea, again, there's a freshness and momentum to both those teams. They're, they're clearly hungry. And I don't see that freshness in Norwich. I, 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 you know, you see that they're capable of it, but I don't know, just that that energy and, and zip and hunger, almost, to be honest. Uh, I, I mean, I've seen all sorts of things, uh, words used to describe Norwich's performance. Someone tweeted me saying it was a disgrace. And I mean, like we are light years away from it being anything like that. But what it was, as I think you've ably said, Steve, is was it was levels short of the team they were playing at. And um, you know, Swansea have only conceded 15 goals. Norwich had a good reaction after going 2-0 down, Stu, but it felt completely like Swansea were in control of that and they weren't really going to get worried unless Norwich got a first goal back, which, of course, they didn't do. There were two things came through to me watching it. One was the level of finishing from Norwich City when they did actually play some football and get in positions was utterly atrocious, so devoid of confidence. Pookie's movement is always good, so that always gives an option for players when we're, we're on, on the break or whatever. Um, so that that is a positive that we, we do have him. But the only one that looked to have any sort of semblance of, of a spark about him was Todd Cantwell. He was the only one that seemed to be playing. It's almost like a pace thing, and I don't know if it's to do with the empty stadiums or whatever, but there's a lot of that sort of kind of just moving the ball around and, and sort of making things happen almost by deliberate patterns. There's none of that sort of getting the team forward, someone pulling it forward with a scruff of the neck or someone doing something ingenious to just inject that that level of pace, that, that enthusiasm into an attack. Todd looked to be the only one capable of doing that and he did that in flashes. And, and other than that, Norwich City were... We did create some sort of openings, but when we did we do look like a team that badly needs a goal now. We look like a team that's desperate for one to come off someone's bum or something, just get a, a goal of some sort, and then a few might come. And it's funny you were saying about sort of the big game and Norwich turning up. Because of my confidence in, in the squad and, and the coaches, all of that sort of stuff, I thought, yeah, we've got like a few sort of FA performances Earlier in the season, we were scraping by when we could hardly put a team out and, and still getting wins. I thought, we've got the full squad there, or the majority of the squad there, a decent, a decent strength squad, especially for this division. We're, we're going up against Swansea. We know this is a big one. We know we need to be good. I know that, um, that people inside the club have a lot of respect for, for the job that Steve Cooper's done at Swansea as well. He, he's someone they look at as, as, as a really top coach, and, and I think he showed that. I think the way that Swansea were set up, everything just seemed to have that cohesion and balance that Norwich City don't have at the moment. I mean, if you look at the midfield three, where Grimes sort of as the anchor, Fulton somewhere in between, and Hurahan as the creator, that's a nice central three, you know? Um, and then on the flanks, Bidwell and Roberts doing their bit. And I look at Norwich and it just, the collective doesn't seem to have that cohesion, that, it's almost like a joie de vivre type thing that seems to be missing at the moment. And it's hard to watch at times. I mean, it's very much a, 
a penalty box issue, I think. Mm. I, I, did, I did think Norwich moved the ball. Right. I wouldn't have said they turned up a kickoff and were, were like sort of starstruck or, or didn't. Right. I thought they, they stroked the ball around and the game was compelling until the first goal went in, I thought. Not to say that Norwich didn't get to the edge of the penalty area and look a little bit stuck. I mean, Tim Pookie's first chance, he has to hit the target with that and, and, make, yep. uh, and make Freddie Woodman work. So what we then had was really a, a abysmal goal to concede really a, a rare team cruel error and then you know, the more you watch it the more you sort of bemused that about eight Norwich defenders in the six yard box didn't think it might be a good idea to maybe stand on Andre Ayew's toes before yeah that, that, that was really annoying and the thing that unless you're watching the game live people may have missed is that you know the, the second goal is a great strike from Conor Hurahan wonderful player loves playing against Norwich I mean Norwich would probably pay 50 million quid for him based on his performances against them but um, it, it wasn't just Kenny McLean's first pass which was poor there were about three or four passes that were completely awry in the sort of two or three minutes before that it was so weird it was like a chain reaction of dodgy passes that just set this tempo and then you give Conor a uh, you know a chance like that even from that far out it was a wonderful goal so I, it, it's difficult because obviously it looks like a big differences whereas in actual fact Jamal Lowe takes a couple of chances at Carra Road and that game finishes differently you know Andre o doesn't score and it goes the other way you don't know what would have happened at the, at, at the Liberty Stadium so I, it feels more like a momentum issue and, and those sort of things in there but you know it's, it's that's what the top of the table is about isn't it when you're you know racing for promotion and people are winning a lot of games Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You, you summed it up, Michael, in a tweet that you sent out just after the game, as you so often do. Obviously. Oh, thank you. <laughs> when you said the momentum is elsewhere and that that's how it feels at the moment and I I think we shouldn't get too carried away because you know I, I know we were talking about how well we'd done during that run but <laughs> and I don't want to rewrite history but now I think of it I do feel like we had some lucky breaks you've mentioned the Swansea game that we could have easily lost we got that late deflected equaliser uh, that Kenny scored at Brentford the late deflected winner that Emmy scored against Forrest the Reading penalty that Aaron's one could easily not have been given if, if there'd been VAR. I'm probably missing one or two others as well. So I, I think that at that point, it just felt like things were falling for us. And we were playing better then. And I think that's fair to say as well. But to me, we are a, we're a streaky team. And I think when confidence is high, we look unplayable sometimes at this level. We're just not quite there yet, right at this moment. And I think... Barker's been in tougher spots than this, you know. I think oh, of yeah. um, Portman Road two years ago. You think of Rotherham earlier this season when we were 1-0 down. So I do think that we will get out of it. Um, just to pick up on a couple of points that Stu was talking about, the finishing thing is a is a big issue. Uh, yeah. We've, we've had four, 47 shots since uh, Hugo scored against Bristol City and four of them have been on target. And I think there's too much reliance on Puki. I think of the team that started against Swansea, I think he was the only one maybe to score more than two this season. I may have that wrong. Um, 
So that's a real problem. And if and Pookie doesn't look 100% sharp. And then I think the other thing that Stu mentioned quite rightly is, is the, the tempo and, and the speed that we're playing at. And I think the big miss there is Steepman, quite honestly. I, I think he was so key two years ago to the way that we play, particularly away from home, just picking the ball up and moving it on quickly and moving it forward. And, you know, I love Mario, <laughs> but that's not his game. He takes his time and he's in the 10 role. Um, and I think we have other players who want to slow things down, play it sideways, whereas Steeperman is that link. And I think we've missed him a lot more than I thought he would when he got injured. Nice. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I have an issue with, the, with I, I love Marco Stieperman to bits, but as a, the progression of the team, I worry that we miss him. I've got to mm. be honest, because I feel like at this point, we shouldn't be missing him because he wasn't really there last year. And Kieran Dow's injury is obviously an issue there because we haven't really had a chance to see him properly. I feel for him a little bit and I hope he gets up to speed. And the other thing that kind of links what you've both been saying in terms of the tempo and um, the sort of changing up. And then also the one player really who has chipped in in support of goals to Temu Puki this season is the one player who has been missing for the last two games which is Emi Buendia it's not just about Emi Buendia is it Stu it's not just about the fact Norwich can't win games of football without Emi Buendia is it well, is it the, the stats the stats would say that it is uh, what was it 15 games and just one win without him is that is that right I'll, I'll defer to my numbers man there yes. uh, in the championship one in 14 one in 14. So, I mean, if you look at those numbers, then it tells you that's quite scary, actually, the reliance that we've got on him. And I think your point about the progression of the team is an interesting one, because I was looking at it earlier this season when we were sort of full of injuries and, and getting a lot of 2-1 wins and, and things like that. And I thought, do you know what? I can see the building blocks of a team that if and when it does go up, does look like it might be able to compete better at Premier League level, at least defensively. But uh, obviously, kind of sort of maybe slightly influenced by watching Brentford at the weekend, I'll look at what they were doing going forward and I think they'll be able to hurt teams in the Premier League. If we play like this in the Premier League, we're not going to hurt anyone. And that's that. That's a big problem. Also, we don't seem to do quite enough from set pieces for me in offensive areas. I don't think we take enough of them. And if you look at that first goal, it comes from a really, really poorly defended throw-in and then a really, really poorly defended corner. And that's that that's damning because Norwich City have always sort of struggled with set pieces. Max Ahrens actually makes a brilliant block to save the goal, which which makes it go behind for the corner. And then the corner's really poorly defended as well. The, the other thing that I, I look at and does concern me is when I look at the rhythm of a season, right? This season's different from any other and that the games are coming even quicker and thicker and faster than before. So momentum this season is going to be more key than, than it's ever been at this level because of just the, the frequency and the velocity with which the games are coming. If you look at Swansea, they seem to have a way of doing it where they can consistently turn up and, and at least shut the other team down and usually get enough to get past them. Brentford are blowing teams away more often than not at the moment, winning 7-2 and 3-2 and 4-1. And you're just looking at Norwich City struggling for goals, struggling for confidence in some areas of the pitch. And my kind of blase attitude that we were going to win the title, at least finish second, ha has changed quite a bit. What I will say, though, is 
long season, peaks and troughs. We are a streaky team, like Steve said. The fixture list is going to be a wee bit kinder over the next wee while. If we can get a goal of any sort somehow, then you just feel that that could hopefully be the catalyst for this team to get going again. But it's not going to be as easy as I thought it was going to be earlier this season. No way is it going to. And I think everyone's playing for second to that Brentford team because barring a major injury to one or two of their key players and a serious shift in their their mental state caused by a slump of some sort, I think you need both of those factors to compound for Brentford not to win the title the way they're playing. Yeah, a quick one on Brentford. Uh, they've scored, uh, since Hugo scored against Bristol City, our last goal, they've scored 19 times, uh, which is more than half the 35 we've scored all season. But can I just offer a quick, just a couple of counterpoints? Because I, I did say I wasn't going to be overly negative. Number one, we still have more points than anyone else in the division. I know we've played more <laughs> good. Uh, number two, we have played now, and for what home advantage is worth in this league, I don't know. We've now played the rest of the top 10 away from home, so we don't have any really tricky looking trips to come. And number three, that Emmy thing, our record with Emmy, assuming that he doesn't get suspended or injured, we are so much stronger with him in the side. So I don't think we're entirely doomed just yet. And I know no one's saying that, but you know. I love it. Thank you. And uh, one positive I would say is that for the first time, uh, Adamida. Onel Hernandez came on and, and looked pretty sparky. I think that's the best mm-hmm. Onel Hernandez has looked since yeah. he's been injured. Still time, um, you know, needed, I think, for Kieran Dow, but and certainly Adam Eda. Did you think they made a bit of a difference? I don't think they did that. Well, was better than Poeta, I thought. But Poeta's done nothing. <laughs> well, what, what I thought was they came on and they, they added something. Uh, which is something we haven't seen from them when they've come on since they've been injured. I think it's been like, oh, well, let's quick get them some minutes, even when Anel and uh, Anel started at Barnsley in the FA Cup. So um, I've been working on, a, on an Emmy piece, just trying to work out how big a difference it really is and why it really is that Norwich have such a poor record without him. The answer, it's just in their heads. <laughs> no, I don't know if that's true, but um, it will be a fascinating piece once I finish writing it because it's not really going the way I thought it was. So um, you can you can read that. Do we not win the ball higher up the pitch even more with Emmy? I feel like the number of tackles he wins. Yeah, fewer recoveries. There are, there are fewer recoveries without him. In fact, I would argue, I think the defensive stats are worse with Emmy rather than the attacking stats being worse. Um, so make of that what you will but uh and you know all of this with the caveat that with and without stats are horrendous <laughs> so there we go uh what a piece i'm writing um it's brilliant uh, so there we go and the one thing i haven't touched on which was actually what my piece was on after the game on friday that i wrote on saturday morning which was basically framing the match around the pressure um and you know daniel farker giving a 12 minute answer to a question about you know what would you say to the fans being a bit twitchy if any manager gave a 12 minute answer to that question, you'd be like, wow, head's gone. <laughs> and, but, but it was Daniel Farker. So it was kind of, and there were a lot of points that he made were quite good. Although he does tend to circle around the point a lot of times, which is something he does anyway. And he was obviously a lot more succinct with his answers after the game. Um, but it's, it feels like the first time Norwich are really under pressure this season if, to me. Um, the transfer windows are all done. There's none of that going on. This is literally what are they doing on the pitch? And, you know, Daniel Farker is paid to solve problems and uh, he does have some problems on the pitch. And he- to find solutions. Well, exactly. Yeah. What did I say? Can't remember. Yeah. Find- uh, uh, solve, problems, solve problems, find solutions. Yeah. All of it. Ideas and solutions. So 
that piece is there. Have a read of that. And as someone asked me on, someone watched my video verdict after the game and said, well, uh, I like what he's saying, but like Daniel Farker, he doesn't seem to know what the answer is. I'm like, of course I don't. I'm a journalist. I'm not a football coach. If I was doing that, then, you know, um, it would be slightly different. But, you know, I tried. So there we go. Anyway, uh, those are the pieces. Give them a read. Right. Uh, things we are not going to talk about. These are the things that have happened and deserve acknowledgement, but we are only going to acknowledge them by stating how we are not going to talk about them. Makes sense. Good. Uh, we also only have three minutes to do it. So succinct, everyone, please. Cue the dramatic music producer, Tom. Right. Uh, this week, I, chip, chip in boys, I, I am not going to talk about Millwall. Uh, where Norwich drew nil-nil. It was, I think, very similar to the game at Carrow Road. And once again, had Norwich um, you know, scored off someone's backside, I think they would have taken it. It looked like that halfway through the game. Uh, but there we go. And the pitch was rubbish as well. But we're not going to oh, talk yeah. about that. Awful pitch, awful game. I don't yes. Much Forgotten. Listening to the Millwall com uh, commentary was uh, hilarious. I think I heard it was another athletic podcast, actually, the um, Adam Hurry one, uh, Football Clichés. Football Clichés. But Peter Drew was on that recently and he was talking about how much he loved local comms and how biased they were. Millwall was a brilliant example of that. Like, <laughs> they should have had about four penalties and they played us off the park. I, I loved it. I loved it. Um, Simon Hooper, I'm not going to talk about Simon Hooper. He was a referee at, Swin at Swansea. Look, I've got to be honest here. I spent 90 minutes swearing at him <laughs> from the press box <laughs> because there were just so many inconsistencies and I try not to let that filter through. On He's dreadful, mate. But it, like, I... Just the worst bit was that he came off the pitch having this massive laugh and a joke with Andre Ayew. And that was my last image of people on the pitch was him having this. He was in his element, absolutely delighted that he was having this joke. And I just felt like saying, what in God's name are you doing? Get off the pitch. There are certain refs out there that really... Oh. And never mind all the yellows that he probably would have handed to Emi Buendia if it had been him. Hey, not that, by the way. There's a good argument that Hurahan should have had a second jello. So that's the thing that I'm not going to talk about is that Conor Hurahan could have been sent off in that game and it's a totally different game. And that's okay. down to Hooper. Mark Gay, isn't it? I don't think how you pronounce it. He 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 pulled someone back in play and, and he didn't book him for that inexplicably. And then he rightfully booked him for a tackle later in the second half, but he should have already been on the yellow. Anyway, I'm really not going to do that. Um, we're not going to talk about Dimitris Yanoulis, um, you know, not not playing. I, I think he did well to get to 90 minutes under his belt in quick succession, and let's hope for better. We've had that conversation. Norwich have number 10 issues, but you've touched on that anyway, Steve, so we're not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about uh, the fact that Kenny McLean had probably his poorest game in definitely a long time, arguably the season, against Swansea. And it was disappointing to see because... It was a, I felt a good opportunity for him to show that he can he can play the role at the ten well, uh, which he has done a few times this season. And I kind of I'm now aligned myself with Steve's argument about Steverman based on the fact that in the big game Kenny didn't deliver. Bring back Marco. Bring back Marco. Anything else, Steve? I just did quickly add that Tim Krill got the the record. I know it's all ancient history now, and the way he ended it wasn't brilliant, but uh, got the record for um, most number of minutes without conceding for an City goalkeeper in the league of all time, which I think is, is worth noting. <laughs> it went completely under the radar, didn't it? And Remarkable. Well, all, all we remember it by is him throwing down a corner that he should have caught I'm joking, and running Tim. after it I'm, <laughs> I'm joking Tim um, he did very well not to concede known goal to Lucas Root well before that so there we go he, he is well due one of those I think we all agree that oh, yeah. more than made up yeah. um, 
the music has long since stopped. Uh, the only other things I had on here were Bye Bye Josip Drimic, who uh, didn't go on deadline day, so I was accurate last week. Um, but he has now joined uh, HNK Rijeka in the Croatian yeah, top Croatia. Line. Stu's yep. nodding, so I'll take that as pronunciation. Um, that's probably roughly right. Uh, Moritz Leitner is still at Norwich City, which is... A shame for everyone, really, especially Moritz. And uh, Norwich did make a deadline day signing after we recorded, which was almost certain to happen, but it was uh, an under-23 signing in uh, Regan Riley, who is clearly highly thought of. Um, but as Daniel Farker was asked um, in his pre-Swansea press conference, I ain't got a clue. He's joining the 23s, <laughs> which I think is basically what his answer to that was. And so there we go. Uh, those are all the things that we uh, are not going to talk about. And I think you can all successfully agree that we didn't talk about them. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. With the help of our friends at Prostate Cancer UK, The Athletic is putting on 31 football quizzes across February and March to find our most knowledgeable subscriber and, of course, to raise money for a very important cause. Prostate Cancer UK help fund life-saving research and provide valuable support and information for men and their partners affected or worried about prostate cancer. We'll be encouraging you to donate money on the night for a great cause. We are running a quiz for every team we cover and the winners of each quiz will go through to our grand final at the end of March where there is a very nice £1,000 up for grabs and we will match this with a donation to Prostate Cancer UK. Now, the Norwich quiz takes place on Friday, February the 19th with a 7.30pm GMT start. I am hosting this said quiz alongside the delectable Steve Sanders. Uh, say hello, Steve. Hi, delectable. Wow. Hey, 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 when did this happen? <laughs> ah, it's all happening now, Stu. Um, and we will throw a barrage of Norwich City questions at you. Hopefully it won't feel like a barrage. Uh, the winner of the Norwich City quiz will win a shirt kindly donated by the club and signed by this season's squad. And we will have some special guests also taking part uh, in the quiz alongside you guys uh, i can definitely sense a separate award on the night for top norwich legend uh, so the quiz is open to all subscribers and it is free to enter you can also sign up for a 30 day free trial with the athletic at theathletic.com forward slash pcuk and register to play the quiz that's theathletic.com forward slash pcuk see you then now, last month was a big one for Alex Tetty. He broke a Norwich City record. He became the record overseas appearance maker for the club, which is, you know, 
somewhat of a tenuous record, some might think, but not me, because he basically beat a record that had been set by Sandy Kennan in the, the 1959 to 63-ish, I think he was at the club, of 255 appearances. Um, Sandy was uh, South African. Um, Alex Tetti has broken that record as a Norwegian with his 256th appearance, which he made at Barnsley uh, in the FA Cup, um, which is, of course, um, a hugely forgettable game. But then I did write a, a piece to try and give Alex Tetty some some love. Uh, there's some lovely stuff there from Matt Jarvis, Alec Neal, Alec Neal, uh, John Reddy, and, uh, uh, you know, indirectly plenty of other people who um, who I spoke to off the record. Um, some nice little anecdotes there. So please read that piece over at The Athletic. Um, Steve, why do, why do Norwich fans love Alex Tetty? Do you think, or do they in general? Um, yeah, I think, I think they do. They do. They? I th- I'd, I'd still know people that, that don't rate him, but that's the last thing I'm going to say. It's not positive. I, I think it comes across in your piece partly in that he just seems like a really infectious, likable guy. You know, sort of smiling all the time, and and you know that is kind of echoed by the likes of Ruddy and Jarvis, who who had nothing but good things to say about him, as, as generally people do in these pieces. But um, you, you kind of feel like he must be such a great influence. And again, that's mentioned in the piece. But not only that, I, I think it's his kind of, can I use the word bounce back ability? It always feels like Teddy's on the way out. And then he pulls he pulls you back in. And he's <laughs> we done are, it with we are due part. another revival, I think. <laughs> and and it has been about five years now of, of Teddy. Uh, he will always have something it feels that nobody else at the club has got and that kind of screening job. I don't know if Skip can do a bit of that, but I think Tetty has that instinctive nous of where to be at the right time to snuff things out, um, which, you know, it feels like we've always needed. And yeah, when he leaves, it will be a sad day. no doubt. It will be. I kind of hope he gets you know, some chance of a reception whenever and however it happens to you. He is a player that is 100% committed every time he goes onto the field. He's also limited compared to other players in terms of his technical prowess. And I think a lot of people can relate to players like that. Because if we're having a kickabout, then we're not we're not professional footballers. We're limited in our technical ability. But some of us give 110% commitment. And uh, if you've ever played six aside with Steve Sanders, he will berate you. He comes across as a nice wee friendly guy on here. I'll tell you <laughs> what, he's a complete moan in a six aside pitch if you don't give 110% commitment. But I think it's a combination of that likability, the fact that he's smiling a lot, the fact that he's an energetic and infectious presence, and the fact that every so often he weathers the ball into the roof of the net, taking the net off its stanchion, and has provided so many memorable goals and moments for Norwich City fans. And that is why he is someone that will definitely go down in the annals of the history of this club as a really, really popular figure. And I I think Steve made a really good point there. He is a player that can do a role and has a kind of mindset. It's almost like a mindset thing in terms of the position and the way he plays it. And I think especially in the Premier League games where we're going to be more under the cosh, that could be vital. Again, like (laughs) you look at it and you think, Next season, is that something that we are maybe going to need, you know? Like having that kind of ability, someone that does that and someone that approaches the game in that way in those areas. But the guy's a legend. I mean, he's, he cruyff turned like a few <laughs> weeks back. I mean, he's just brilliant. 
You know what? That's, I don't think I put that in the piece, which I, I definitely meant to. I think I left that out, which it obviously should have gone in because that was the Teddy turn against Coventry was special. And fair play to the FA Cup Twitter um, social people because they made sure they clipped that out pretty quickly. I think someone asked for it and it got shared. <laughs> that one, quite right too. Um, I mean, it does feel like he's finally being appreciated which has sort of taken a while to come by. And it's interesting how you both talk about him there. I mean, I, I found him one of the most down-to-earth guys. Uh, he, like you say, Steve, you, you speak to people about a player and it's like, oh, it's always gushing. It's always great. Always this, always that, all the time. But you know what? I would not for one second doubt it about Alex Tetti through my own personal experience. I think he really does seem that. And he, he, as much as he is this, has time for people and, and is a gentleman I, I tell you what he, he has a game face he, he doesn't yeah. mess around around a game at all especially on the pitch and he can be quite demanding which again was something that came through I think in the in the people I, I spoke to Steve I think the the other thing with Tetty and, and the reason why not everyone rates him is because I think he he's almost the poster boy for the for what let's call them the yo-yo years um, that we've had over the last seven or eight seasons because he has we've been down with him three times we've been up with him twice I think I may have put something at the end of last season. He's the only player this century to have been relegated three times from the Premier League with the same club. And he'll cert- almost certainly be, if we go up in second, I don't think anybody has been promoted as champions, second place and in playoffs. Surely that's never happened. <laughs> so so I think, like Stu says, he is limited, um, but he's he's just, I think he's just so likeable and uh, I, yeah, I, I have nothing but time for Teddy. And also, he's been there for some of our very, very best moments. You know, he was there for the playoff final. He was there for taking the throw-in. Um, was it the 4-3 against Millwall where he took, I'm sure he took the throw-in in that game. Um, yeah, I, I, he's a huge part of this football club. He's brilliant. And, and Michael, you've met him on more occasions than me, but I, I had the pleasure of, when I was part of the sort of press pack, interviewing him a few times. And you know, the the thing that struck me about him is loads of football players, because of media training and just, I don't know, sensationalism, journalism, whatever you want to blame it on, just go into a mode. They just go into a mode when they're answering questions. Alex Tetty doesn't do that. He just answers them genuinely, often swearing, by the way. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he he's just straightforward and straight up. And there's no bull about him. You know, it's just... What you see is what you get. That's the kind of impression I get of him as a guy when he's in press conferences. So you would assume that if he does that in the mode where most people go into their most disingenuous sort of way, he must be like that in a dressing room. He must be like that in the training field. And he must be like that in and around his colleagues. So it's easy to see why he's such a universally popular character. Because even if you don't rate him as a player, I don't see how you can't not like him as a guy. Indeed. And I do rate him as a player a lot. In fact, I, I think I, I probably don't see him as technically limited as some people. I mean, I, I may, but maybe that's because I've considered his uh, toe poke completely legitimate <laughs> finish. He's got, <laughs> huh? got better at the technical side of things. In the I, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Fair play to Daniel Farker, who, um, as it said in the piece, had his head in his hands over the opening <laughs> um, training sessions at, at what he um, had as a midfielder. Um, we will see what happens at the end of this season. I think it's up for debate at the moment. Um but uh, yeah, either way, Alex Tetty, Norwich City, he is stuck in Norwich City's record books and I uh, don't think he'll be going anywhere uh, anytime soon. OK, uh, time for John Watson. This is almost fantasy football. 
We are recording as we usually do on Monday, but uh, it is a much quieter week, actually. Just the one game, a visit from Stuttering Stoke. <laughs> Great. On Saturday at the uh, warmingly familiar time of three o'clock. Wow. Uh, so what I wanted to do is paint a picture of the forthcoming seven or so days. Um, and then we can uh, we can enjoy that and you can laugh at us to the gift of hindsight and all that sort of stuff. Although maybe not as much hindsight as normal. Um Stoke are funny odds. I mean, there's everything about Stoke that's got me worried, basically. They're, they're drawing a lot of games. They're not scoring a lot of goals. They're pretty high up in the table for, you know, in general, but not spectacular. You can just, well, and it's Michael O'Neill. <laughs> what more do I need to say? Do I do I have to say it's going to be a goalless draw or should we just move on? No, I think we'll score. I think we'll score in this one. One, one do. yeah? <laughs> I mean, yeah, one, one. The other, the other thing that has me worried is that we obviously, you know, cut them open. Uh, at the Britannia, um, or was it the Bet Three Six Five now? Yeah. Whatever the sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was cold. I remember that. Yeah, always cold and windy. Always um, by the way. <laughs> um, but I think they'll have learned their lesson from that, and it'll Ugh. probably be another back three sit in break us down job. But I, I just have a feeling we'll we will do it this time. If it's a one nil and it's a scrappy one nil, I'll take it. But I think it'll happen. Get those backsides would, ready, boys. I <laughs> would quite like us to go out and thump a team. Like that's my call to action for Norwich City at some point in the next week. Well, go and thump someone, please. Like, let's see one of these games like we had in the promotion season two years ago, where we go out and we score four. Please. Generally, not great advice to that though. Is it? Go out and thump someone, please. Wickham, just on this occasion, <laughs> maybe not Stoke, but uh, Wickham. Wickham away. Well, I'm gonna. I have been on the Totally Football League show, basically saying they're relegated. Apparently, they're eighty to one to stay up, <laughs> or is it? But well, it might be eighty to one on to get relegated. One or the other. I did 80. a Wickham game. I did 80. a Wickham game earlier this season, and it was the one where they got their first championship win. And for them, it's just it's a bit the adventure of being in this division, isn't it? I mean, what an amazing achievement to get to this stage. And that squad, I mean, that's arguably some of those players are League Two standard, to be honest. And they've done brilliantly. And and the fact that they're competing week in week out is great. And if they turn up with the right hunger, they can make it hard for us. Oh, that like we're. Yeah, probably. Um, let's let's avoid any meltdowns until we get there, shall we? Um, okay. Well, uh, so six nil then. Yeah, we'll beat Stoke six nil. Move on. Everyone will be happy. And what will the what will all the fuss about? That's your hindsight hindsight for this week, everyone. Uh, with that, I think we're done. Um, that is it for on the ball this week. If you're yet to do so, uh, please make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual player and ad free to subscribers of the Athletic via our app. Uh, please leave a review or a rating if you get the chance and spread the word of our efforts across the Norwich City world if you so wish uh, to get in touch ask a question or propose a topic for discussion sling me a direct message on Twitter the handle is at Michael J Bailey in the meantime a big thank you to our guests tonight thank you so much Steve always a pleasure cheers Michael it is indeed Stu as always the Hodge merci ah merci beaucoup mon ami yeah, he has more French than me. Uh, we'll be back next week for another On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. Until then, never mind the danger. We're clear. <gasps>
Crack on my wits end, shall we, Steve Stew? Happy? Smiley faces? Yeah. Aye. Aye, we've both got the cold. I keep like anybody that watches oh. the video, that's will keep seeing me sauntering off to the side and just blowing my nose. I don't I don't feel that well. Um, ten limbs um, ten ten limbs limb sips in. Oh sorry, I, that was gonna be a good line, but I've mucked it up completely. Ten uh, limb sip. I can't say lem sip. That's as we mean to go on here. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, I mean I'm slightly uh slightly miffed that there's I've just found out that there's a signed Norwich City shirt and a grand on offer for entering this athletic quiz that you didn't tell me that when I yeah, you can't help now, can you? Yeah, I can't. You're not can't even get, get paid to do it. Any of that. Yeah, Sorry, clearly would not have said yeah. And I'm one of the nerdiest Norwich City fans yeah. out there for the fancy my chance yeah. That sounds that sounds really good fun. Like actually, like it's one of those things. Let's like, see. To be honest, I know we've got to evangelise all the competitions and all the great initiatives available, like <laughs> that are charitable in, in nature. But to be honest, that does sound actually like a really good laugh. I have a wit end point, by the way, oh. and that is. See Ollie, you know oh, Ollie yes, that we yeah. apologise to. Yeah, yeah. I know him. How do you? Know I didn't him? know. <laughs> I can't tell that. That would be. Oh, that would be. That would be. That would Surely, be state yeah. secrets. No, right. So Ollie, Ollie, <laughs> is like me, a Scottish, Scotland-based Norwich City supporter. Ah, oh. like a club of Scotland-based Norwich. Scottish Canaries. Get yep. let's get it some right, boys. <laughs> that is it. Well, totally well, neat. Ollie's, um, Ollie's also a very talented dude who's helping me out with a few sort of things. Yeah, and he's a good guy. Uh, but Same I did control. not realise for so long like that you were apologising to him. So I knew these two <laughs> people and these two things were happening. And then eventually, it was after the last podcast I was on when you played the clip of Paul Lambert saying about you playing the triangle. Um, and that was, uh, he was like, yeah, thank Michael for digging that out. By the way, I'm the Ollie he apologises to. It. I love that. And I did apologise to him for probably two months on a weekly yep. basis. So, and I haven't <laughs> apologised to anyone, even my wife for four years. So, you know, he's done quite well there. Um, well done, by the way, for keeping our marriage together <laughs> on that sort of premise. No, that's, that's definitely not true. Um, welcome everyone to Wits End, by the way. Welcome all you Twitterkers. Uh, if any of you are now, you know, three minutes into this going, what, hang on, the podcast not finished yet? No, you stumbled across this. You need to check out On The Ball podcast number 42, which went live on September the 8th. And it's all explained there what's going on. You can email this part of the show directly the email address is twitterkers twitter k-e-r-s at icloud.com or use the hashtag twitterkers on twitter just don't explain that you're doing it for wit's end of course um uh, so yeah on just on the quiz i was going to add um i'm, I'm hopeful that dean ashton and simon lapin are both going to be along and i'm and exclusive uh, that is a that's wit's end exclusive i haven't even put that on twitter yet I only just announced you this morning, yeah, this afternoon, <laughs> Steve. I only got around to that. Well, Ashton and laughing is a bit underwhelming then. After well, me. Exactly. After um, so those two hopefully are going to be playing along. And then I'm really hoping we can get some more um, ex-players involved as well, because I just want them to have a massive competition between themselves. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much an ex-Norwich player would know about Norwich City. That's the funny thing. It depends, <laughs> depends on the, the, the player, doesn't it? But like, I mean, if you're talking about Kay Kamara, then maybe not very much. But if you're talking about the likes of Darren Huckerby or Ewan Roberts or either of the two men's that, that you mentioned, then aye, that, that I mean, I think that sounds really cool. <laughs> I reckon Kai might know. I'm going to be surprised. I reckon he'd gen up. Uh, I need to give you in a shout. That's a great idea. Um, anyway, uh, so that's the quiz. It's all in the pod. Make sure you sign up if you haven't. If you're listening to this 
and you're a, you're a member of Wits End, you're a Twitter, you've got to sign up for the quiz because that's loads of fun. Um, hey, by the way, there's yes. a point. Like, if we can get enough Twitter cause in it, like, maybe they could have a sub-team of their own. I don't know. Like, well, yeah, are. but we couldn't publicise it. They'd have to, you know... Ah, exactly. A, 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 if, you could, if they could organise that amongst themselves. Yeah, that case, is... Twit. Or if they all have Twit in their name or, so, or something, that's rubbish, but something like that. All like the name. W-E, <laughs> W-E at the end of their username. <laughs> no, I'll just... Yeah, twit, twit is no, better. just Twit. Just Twit. Just Twit one. Twit, twit, twit two. Oh, twit oh. three. Or, or some kind of Stephen Whitaker reference, maybe. Like, that would be good, wouldn't it? If there were like right. 20 teams with some sort of Stephen Whitaker reference. 27 Stephen Whitaker references, all different. <laughs> be amazing. Um, and there was a slight agenda for this. I did want to mention, obviously, the outstanding twitterkers.co.uk, which has now got that actually on the uh, on the website. <laughs> yeah, we, we need a quiz section, by the way, to the boards on there. See, based on the chat we've just had, we want some quiz action put on yeah, there. So true. get to work, busy bees. <laughs> Whoever you are. <laughs> as we micromanage your website. Um, the countdown clock has gone with the yellow bar, which is a shame because I did like that. Um, but um, Or oh, that was the yellow bar, the news bar. Um, and also the countdown clock, of course, for Norwich's last defeat is now only on two days, which is quite depressing and a spiralling um, swan, which is probably quite apt. Um, but Steve, you are proven right. Your tweet at the top there saying Emmy would still be here come February. That is true. Well done. I mean, yeah, 50-50 chance, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah, this is true. Well done. Um, Obviously, Dimitris Yanoulis, his signing picture from Norwich City, I think we'd nick that, uh, is on. Um, and he looks relatively happy, happier than Ibrahim Abadou, which is, I think, a, a good good news. We were hoping for that. <laughs> um, I, I went on my journey to Swansea, which has obviously felt like about a week. Um, and I'm obviously in a very privileged position. And it was, I feel very lucky that I was basically the only reporter there, <laughs> to be honest, certainly that made the trip from Norfolk. Um so I tried to get some challenges involved in, and but then I didn't quite get the chance to read the challenges until after I'd left. So I didn't get to do a lot of them. I think I took a selfie with Daniel Farker with him sort of only realizing from a distance, not my proudest journalistic moment, but it did go on Instagram. Um, and there was someone else who mentioned, I need to put chillax in my video verdict. So I'm going to do that. You'll all be delighted to know against Stoke. Don't know how. This is more me reminding myself to do it. I don't think you remember. No. I don't think you'll remember. I don't <laughs> trust you. I don't <laughs> trust you, mate. There's another referent involved. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'll tell him to chillax. relaxing and you won't yeah. remember. To <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was thinking, you know, challenges for me at games, that, that would be a good wits end section. People, if Twitter's out, they want to challenge me to do stuff. So I'm part of our secret club. So I'm doing secret Twitter things at football matches. Let me know. Obviously, if I can't do it, I won't. <laughs> like someone wanted me to go and do my video vote in the centre circle at Swansea. <laughs> I'm going to get shot if I do that. The ground yeah. will come out with a rifle. Has to be within reason. <laughs> could you do it? Um, I don't know. Could you sort of do it running up and down a stand or something like that? I'd quite like to see you sort of doing physical challenges whilst trying to. That's a good idea. That sounds me, like a death trap. Me being the kind of person I am, I'd quite like to see you put, so I, I don't know, some like maybe some face paint on, like yellow and green face paint smeared one, one colour on each cheek. I've under I've underestimated the voyeurism, haven't I? Um, uh, when it, what about hashtag Twitterkers? So um, was there much on there? Oh yes. Now um, there was a good one from NCFC Twitterkers, which is one of our devoted um, Twitter handles. Uh, the fat Wayne Rooney scored his last ever career goal against Norwich, is the most Norwich thing ever. Which um, mm. I mean that that's um, that's a little old, I guess, because that was when he announced his retirement. But points. Well, I I quite like the fact that the only opposition players to have scored a winning goal at Carrow Road this season, only managers have done it. No actual, no actual players have scored a winning goal at Carrow Road. 
that that's quite cool. Wow. Also, by the way, that's that's brilliant, isn't it? Like Wayne Rooney, what a goal to go out on. You know, yeah, amazing yeah, career. Right. Uh, like, no, like, I mean... Unless it costs us promotion. Yeah, by stepping. three points, yeah. Right, hey, 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 hey. Let's have a little bit of journalistic standing back and just admiring a great player. Also, by the way, I've said this multiple times, he's, see when you's kept going to, you's being England, by the way, um, kept thinking you were going to competitions and, oh, yeah, we're just going to turn up and win because we've got a world-class team, blah, 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 under Ericsson. The one that he's would have won was 2004 because nobody could play Rooney and he would have broken down that obdurate defensive Greek team that won it with ease. The guy was absolutely amazing when he was a teenager bursting onto the scene and had a brilliant career. Serious, serious tangent there. Um, we'll we'll bring that back up when we go to Derby, which apparently their pitch is worse than everyone else's. <laughs> Can't wait for that one. Well, great. I did Peterborough recently. That is a that's a bomb site, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Paul Clinch also got in touch on Twitter. Um, he said the word that can't be publicly mentioned was an answer on Pointless today. Xander is a Norwich fan. Is he in the know? Now, now, I, sure, I don't know. know. I assumed the word he meant was chillax, but oh. I did mean to rewatch Pointless and I haven't had the chance. I think it was Friday's Pointless or it might have been Thursday. Wow. And, okay. And it I might have been a week ago. It might have actually been the other week. I don't know. I've well, got to double check. Someone um, is either going to have to watch Pointless or Paul will have to clarify for the next week. Well, just if, imagine if it was, if because um, Alexander Armstrong is, oh, Xander Armstrong, don't know what we call him, is not only the voice of Hey Dougie, uh, so I can't really listen to his voice anymore, um, but, you know, he's an orange fan. So maybe he, I, maybe he's listening. Maybe he is a Twitter coach. It's amazing how many legends are Norwich City fans, isn't it? Like, I mean, other than the three of us, obviously. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are, there are many, many... Stop the count. Many, many more um, on, on that squad. We've got one of, one of mine and Steve's best friends was on Pointless and is an avid fan, so we might consult him. Outstanding. We'll we can come up with. Um, Charlie Bowkett sent us an email. Now, I don't know if this is... if if Are you related to Alan, Charlie? And I should probably say Bowkett, because I think he was Bowkett rather than Bowkett, but... Um... Uh, we're running out of time. So you know what, Charlie? I'm going to apologise to you this week and say we'll do your email next week. Um, and I think you sent it a little while ago. So it's been in the pipeline for a while. So Charlie, apologies. Next week, we'll speak about your email. Um, which leaves us with uh, Kenny, other business. Obviously, Emmy is suspended. Oh, no, he's back. Like that. Back, so surely it goes back to Emmy, doesn't it? No, no, not until okay, post Stoke. Right. Post Stoke. You're, you're the boss. You're the boss. Or, or when I finish this piece, I want to mess with your agenda, Michael. You know? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. It's <laughs> your, your you. show. So. Um, no, other than to quibble with that minor points, I have nothing. <laughs> Good. Um, I did want to read out the um, Ibrahim Amadou song that no one ever sung apart from the person who's written it on the Twitter website. Um, yeah, that's it. But I'm going to do that next week as well. So maybe we'll leave that for when Emmy is reinstated back from his suspension yeah. because we we just we just underachieve when it's when Emmy's out and it's just Kenny. So we're going to Charlie's, leave that one out. Charlie's email and Michael singing Black Lace. Yeah. If, if that doesn't get people listening to, tune in next week on Wits End. Um, other than that, I think we're done, Stu. Um, Kenny, other business? Eh, uh, a goal, please. <laughs> I mean, I know I've already said it. Just just score a goal. That'd be great. In the right end, obviously. Uh, Aye, that, that'd be good. In the wits end. <laughs> in the wits end. 
And on that note, uh, get in touch with us, please. Uh, send your tweets to Twitter and the hashtag Twitterkers. Send us an email, twitterkers at iCloud.com. But that's it. Time is up. Thank you all. Steve, thank you so much. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, very, very much enjoyed it. Loves it. Stu, thank you. Uh, well, you said in French at the sort of false end to this, so I'm going to go away. Muchísimas gracias, mi amigo. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and I'm going to say, until next time, <gasps> that's a rope. The Athletic. <laughs>